Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Glamier. Hi, this is Dr. Tavis Samir. I'm a cosmetic dermatologist, owner, and founder of Mir Skin Cosmetic in New York City and star of an Emmy Award-winning Bravo TV show. My podcast is all about great conversations with your favorite celebrities, media personalities, and well-known experts in the worlds of lifestyle, celebrity, relationships, and more. Through their stories, I hope to uplift, inspire, and educate. This is Glamier. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Glamir. I am so unbelievably honored to have Dr. Deepak Chopra in the house today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Congratulations on your new book, You Are the Universe, just became available yesterday. And um, I'm how lucky am I able to talk to you about this with the book? Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, I had a chance to start reading it, and a lot of this book is very quantum physics, cosmic. It's a little different than what I've read of yours in the past. What made you kind of go down this journey to discovery of yourself and who you are and the question we ask of who are we and why we're here? It's been a journey throughout my life, and I'm, a, as you know, like yourself, I'm a medical doctor, internist, uh, endocrinologist, uh, with an interest in neuroendocrinology. And uh, in science right now, the most open questions uh, are, what is the universe made of, and what's the biological basis of consciousness? Fundamentally, <coughs> those two uh, questions are related. We know there's a universe because we are aware of it. Mm-hmm. And the problem, though, is that there seems to be no understanding of how electrochemical activity in the brain produces what we call thought or insight or intention or imagination or inspiration or uh, creativity or anything that we call experience mm-hmm. when you look at an ob- look at an object like um, a bottle mm-hmm. all that's coming to your uh, eyes are colorless photons mm-hmm. all that's going to your brain is an action potential all that's happening in your brain is electrochemical activity and yet you don't experience any of those you experience a three-dimensional world Mm -hmm. in space and time not only do you experience that but you also know that you're experiencing that Mm -hmm. you experience uh, thoughts feelings emotions desires memory imagination this is known as the hard problem of consciousness By looking at the brain, we can look at the neural correlates of Mm -hmm. consciousness. We have no idea where consciousness comes from. And the thesis of my book is actually a very spiritual insight that is part of all the perennial philosophies, which says the physical world is actually not physical. Mm -hmm. The physical world is, even from science, is made up of atoms. Mm -hmm. The atoms are particles. The particles are waves of possibility and they exist in a formless, dimensionless domain 
that's called consciousness. So that's the basis of this book. One of the things that I found so fascinating is it's a question that we're all asking ourselves. And one of the things you said is that there exists no color, no sound, no smell without the observer. Meaning, does this bottle exist unless you, the observer, can convert all of the energy from that bottle into a vision in your mind and knowing what's There's happening? There's no such thing as an unheard sound. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as an unseen form. There's no such thing as an unfelt texture. In other words, the observer is ultimately experiencing itself as the bottle. First of all, the bottle is is a human construct. Mm -hmm. If you had an infant who has not yet learned language mm -hmm. experience what you call a bottle, all it would see is a shape and a contrast of color. Mm -hmm. The rest is conceptualization of that into a model of reality. Mm -hmm. So what we observe, whether it's New York City or a galaxy or a star or um, the Milky Way or your own body, these are constructs. In the deeper reality, all there is is consciousness fluctuating as its own self in the form of sensations, images, feelings, thoughts, sense perceptions that we then label as body-mind and, and the physical universe. And the reason this is so important is that, you know, all our existential suffering mm -hmm. comes from actually confusing reality with an interpretation of reality. Fundamental reality is not even in space-time mm -hmm. because space-time is an experience in consciousness. Mm -hmm. So all your fears about growing old, dying, uh, death, infirmity, suffering are based on a false premise. It's interesting because you do talk about time in this book um, and that time has become our enemy in that we think about running out of time. We, we have become it's become an enemy to humanity yeah because when you start saying to yourself i'm running out of time then your biological clock speeds up mm -hmm. you have high levels of adrenaline and cortisol which cause inflammation in the body blood pressure goes up heart rate goes up platelets get jittery with high levels of adrenaline and that kind of person when they drop dead of a heart attack then they've literally run out of time well in, in, in an interesting in, to agree with you, I've had friends who have gone through fertility treatments who probably could have had their own natural way of getting pregnant, but because they went through that, they were given such an emphasis on how old they were and how much time that they wasted. And I think that contributed, in my opinion, to their lack of being able to, to have children. Our society has time sickness. Mm -hmm. we, are, we have no time. So in a way, uh, our society is very impoverished. Uh, we are trying to get somewhere so that we'll have a good time. But when we get there, we don't have time to enjoy what um, we were hopeful of enjoying because by then everything is a mess. So one of the things I get have had asked about a lot when I've, when I've told people about what I've been reading is it's almost like if you see, I will believe it when I see it kind of thing. What about things out there that are unseen that we don't know if they exist yet, such as outer space beings or other planets? How would you describe that? There are many ways of answering that question. The first way is that uh, less than 0.01% of what we call reality is empirical. Mm -hmm. In fact, even the whole universe uh, only 0.01% is the visible universe, which accounts for 
two trillion galaxies, mm. seven hundred sextillion stars, and trillions and trillions and trillions of planets is point zero one percent. But when you look at the visible universe, mm. which is made up of atoms, which is made up of particles, they disappear as into waves of probability. So ultimately, even though the uh, universe appears visible, it's made of something that's not visible. Mm -hmm. So, and what the visible is, it's a momentary sensation, image, feeling, thought, sense, perception. So the visible universe is in time, but the invisible universe, which is responsible for the visible universe, mm -hmm is not in time it's timeless so then does it exist the only thing that exists is the timeless because the visible is a passing dream mm -hmm. you know the wittgenstein the german philosopher said your life is a dream you're asleep but once in a while you wake up enough to know that you're dreaming mm -hmm. What he's basically saying is the past is a dream, the mm -hmm. future is a dream, mm -hmm. and the present is over as soon as it happens. As soon as so it happens. you met me outside, that's over, yeah. right? Yeah. And the beginning of this conversation is over, okay? The conversation yet to come is not yet. Mm -hmm. The last part of my sentence is new, but the beginning of my sentence is over. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing that you can actually hold on to. So everyday reality is a dream, mm -hmm. but the awareness, the consciousness, the invisible reality mm -hmm. is the only reality. What do you tell people who, no, before I ask you that, what about a different people? For example, I'm here in New York City. There might be somebody in the middle of another country in Malaysia who's never seen a, a water bottle before. Mm -hmm. How do you describe each of our universes? You are each creating your universe. And so that's the whole point of the book, that we take sensations, images, feelings, thoughts, sense perceptions, we interpret them into what we call everyday reality. So when the white people went to the Trobiand Islands, they had no concept of boats. Mm -hmm. And they said to the people who landed there, how did you get here? Mm -hmm. And the visitors pointed to their boats and all the local people could see were pixels. Mm -hmm. The world is... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's a, like a Rorschach chart yeah. before you interpret it into experience. If you take a group of kittens and you bring them up in a room that has only horizontal stripes, mm -hmm. they will grow up to see a world that's horizontal. If you take a group of kittens, bring them up in a room that has vertical stripes, mm -hmm. they'll grow up to see a world that's vertical because their brain neural networks actually reinforce the interpretation of the experience they've had mm -hmm. in early childhood. Mm -hmm. That's true of all of us. We are culturally programmed, religiously programmed, economically programmed, on and on, historically programmed. And only when you start to question your everyday reality, you realize that the entire universe that we experience, even science uh, interprets, is a human construct. You're experiencing a human universe mm -hmm. uh, sitting here in New York City. Mm -hmm. You're not experiencing a dolphin universe or a crocodile universe or a bat universe. Each species is constructing and conceiving its own. And within the species, culturally, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, depending on your programming, you're experiencing a small fragment of reality, which you call reality. 
Is this what you mean when they say your universe expands? Because what I'm listening is makes sense in terms, this is my universe, this is what I've created, the places I've been, the colors that I've seen, the foods that I've tasted. Um, when they talk about universal, your universe expanding, what does that mean to you? The universe at its source is infinite because it's formless. Mm -hmm. So it's infinite. Each of us is like a little tributary from that ocean of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And each of us is, uh, is a fragmented mind. As we expand our awareness, our reality expands. So knowledge is different in different states of consciousness. Reality is different in different states of consciousness. And um, even the brain is different as your mm -hmm. universe expands because your brain and the universe co-evolve. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have this brain to experience the Milky Way galaxy. Mm -hmm. If you had a chimpanzee brain, you wouldn't experience the Milky Way galaxy. Mm -hmm. Now we are exploring, extending the range of our senses through Hubble telescope and all this, and we're finding that the universe goes on and on and on. The cosmic horizon is 47 billion light years away from where we are having this conversation. So education and experience of us is what expands our consciousness. Yes, but at the root, there's only one consciousness. We are like little ripples in that ocean of mm -hmm. consciousness. So we're all in our individual journey to understand that. As humans, As yes. humans. As humans. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Inspiring conversations on lifestyle, celebrity, relationships, and more. This is Glamier with Dr. Tabitha Amir. Um, one of the questions I received, I feel um, you've heard this many times, is what about the consciousness or the universe of an animal? Um, a lot of animal lovers have beautiful lives with their animals, and um, they want to understand that. Yes, so you cannot know the internal experience of an animal. But there is a leaking of your consciousness in the animal consciousness, which is transpersonal, so you can have a relationship with that animal. Mm -hmm. So, as I was saying, Bo, Obama's dog in the White House, mm -hmm. didn't know that Obama was the president of the U.S. or it was sitting in the Oval Office right. or, you know, now it's in Hawaii. Uh -huh. That is, Those are human constructs. Mm -hmm. But yet they had a relationship. And that relationship is love, it's empathy, it's a deeper relationship, even of respect. Mm -hmm. <coughs> without, <coughs> without the concept of respect, there's still that feeling. Mm -hmm. If Obama was mean to his dog, Bo, then mm -hmm. the dog would reciprocate. Mm -hmm. So animals have memory, animals have consciousness, animals have feelings. There's a difference though. If you kick your dog mm -hmm. and you're mean to the dog and you know you don't see the dog for five years and then the dog will have a memory when you meet that dog, might it might attack you. Mm -hmm. But unlike a human being, it won't plan for five years how to get even. <laughs> hostility, resentment, grievances. Mm -hmm. These are only human traits. Other animals are much more innocent. And also, you know, 
that's a great way to answer that question because it was a very common question that a lot of people were asking me because the way I read the book as the observer, you are the reason, you, you are the universe because as the observer, you're creating your universe. But we're part of a larger um, exponentially unlimitless universe. Yeah, you know Rumi, the, po- the poet, Sufi poet, he mm-hmm. says, once I was a mineral and I was asleep. Mm-hmm. Then I was a plant and I started to dream. Mm -hmm. Then I was an animal and I woke up. And now I'm a human and I'm asking myself, who am I? What is the nature of existence? So that's a perfect example Mm -hmm. of expansion of consciousness. In another poem he says, you're not just the drop in the ocean, you're also the ocean in the drop. Mm -hmm. So yes. We are all connected. In a way, we are all inseparable. That's why we seek love and mm-hmm. compassion and joy and empathy. But at the deepest level, it's not just connected. We are one. We are one. But one of the most baffling questions that we ask ourselves, and you kind of hinted at it, what is our purpose? Who are we? And um, that is something that you just kind of touched upon, like when you became the I think the, the, human. Only, uh-huh. uh, the only answer that's credible uh-huh. is our purpose is to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. So everything that we call God or the divine or ultimate reality, fundamental reality, it's um, our highest instinct to know ourselves. You said something um, many times that I've heard you say that we are experiencing um, this on a, in, our, in our human form. And what does that mean to you? The universe is looking at itself mm-hmm. through human consciousness as the universe that you see. Mm-hmm. New York City, mm-hmm. a star, mm-hmm. a galaxy, a rainforest, a jet plane, mm-hmm. um, other species are also the universe looking at itself in different ways. So there are innumerable, almost infinite seers, modes of seeing, Mm -hmm. and infinite sceneries all within one consciousness. Infinite observers, infinite modes of observation, and infinite universes observed. There's no such thing as a universe. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as the picture of the world. Mm -hmm. It's just how you process not even energy and information, how you process consciousness into that experience, which we ultimately say energy, information, matter, yeah. etc. <coughs> One of the things I had heard you talk about too was um, if, it, if you don't see it, does it exist? So the whole age question of if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it or see it, did it fall? No, it did not fall and there was no sound. Um, there's no form Mm -hmm. in the absence of seeing Mm -hmm. and there's no sound in the absence of hearing Mm -hmm. (coughs) and that hearing and seeing are activities of consciousness (coughs) so the universe is a construct in consciousness you as consciousness conceive govern construct and become the process that you call body, mind, and universe. In the deeper reality, there's no such thing as a body. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a mind. There's no such thing in the universe. So if you can see something, Mm -hmm. it's not real. The only thing that's real is the unseen observer, which makes the seeing possible. As a momentary, fragmented 
aspect of its own self. Now, I'm processing that, and I, I, I really want to understand that better. When you say that there's no such thing, that's a deeper level of understanding. That How can we get there? Okay, so how do you experience your body? Um, the way I look at it, the way when I get dressed, the way you know, I do with my hair, I'll do my makeup, I'll put my clothes on. So if it gets bigger, if it gets smaller. <laughs> okay, so what is that? That's sensations, mm-hmm. images, feelings, and thoughts mm-hmm. as a process mm-hmm. in consciousness that you call your body. Mm-hmm. Now, was that process the same when you were an infant? No. Was it the same when you were a teenager? Not the same, no. Right? The different body, different yeah. mind. Mm-hmm. So why do you call it a body? It's a process in consciousness, a gestalt mm-hmm. of sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts. Mm-hmm. The fact we call it a body, we imply it's a noun. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not a noun. It's a verb. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, what do we call a... There's no such thing as a person. Mm-hmm. The person itself is a process mm-hmm. in consciousness. Once you ah. create the idea of a person, mm-hmm. then you also create the idea of birth and death. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of are afraid of all this. But that's just a process that you're identifying with yourself. Mm-hmm. You are not the process. You are the consciousness in which the process is occurring. Mm-hmm. And that consciousness is not in time. Because mm-hmm. let's say just analyze this further okay when you say who am I mm-hmm. if you say you're, bo- you're your body then which one mm-hmm. right yeah the body actually every molecule in the body today mm-hmm. wasn't there two years ago right okay so if you say I'm in my body then you're stuck mm-hmm. which one are you talking about mm-hmm. it's not a thing it's a process mm-hmm. if you say I'm my mind then you're implying your your thoughts and emotions well, did you have the same thoughts, emotions yesterday or day before yesterday or as a child? If you say my ego identity, even that is expanding. Mm-hmm. So everything that you say is me is actually not me. Yeah. All of that is a process in your fundamental being, which in spiritual traditions would be called spirit, soul, whatever. So, you know, the fundamental reality, which is who you are, is formless. Mm-hmm. And being formless, it is eternal. It has no form. How can you destroy it, right? Right. Only the form it takes is in time. So do you believe in death? What does death mean to you? I don't believe in birth either. So how can I believe in death? Interesting. So if you convince yourself through insight that every moment your body you see you're not your body mind because your body mind is also a process in you right yeah. it's an you can be a spectator to your thoughts yeah which means you're not your thoughts right. you can be a spectator to your emotions to your body which means who's the spectator right mm-hmm. so once you get that clearly then you realize that everything that you call body mind and world is a reflection of yourself mm. number two the the real you was never born so because it's not in time since mm-hmm. it was not born it can't die number 3 the essential nature of reality is that it doesn't have an ego does anything have an ego mm-hmm. does a plant have an ego does a dog have an ego does a star a galaxy does your body mind actually have an ego or is that also a social construct yeah. so it that's number three. Number four, if you can see it, touch it, taste it, smell it, think about it, imagine it, uh, conceptualize it, uh, it's not real. Mm. 
was real. real is the unseen hmm. in which all that happens. That's so interesting to look at it that way because I've never, it's almost like you're reversing the mirror on yourself. Correct. See, also, that since you use the word mirror, let's say we are sitting here uh, outside, mm-hmm. okay? And we have all these buildings behind us, all these people going by Mm -hmm. and in front of us is a giant mirror Mm -hmm. and even in the mirror you'll see each one of us Mm -hmm. in different locations right Mm -hmm. the building is there you are there there's Mm -hmm. a dog there's a bus going there Mm -hmm. there's a cyclist going there there's a taxi going there but they're all in the one mirror Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so to the whole universe is in the one consciousness Mm -hmm. in the one awareness separation in space and time Mm -hmm. is a perceptual anomaly it's a perceptual artifact it's not real mm-hmm. and that's why when we experience love we want to go back to mm-hmm. the whether it's with a person a dog a, or anything mm-hmm. you know an idea we're actually wanting to go back to our source which is the consciousness yeah what's biggest the biggest limitation on people today to get this because i feel you know there's so much mass hysteria going on right now and I want to get your opinion about that with the climate and what's going on with this election without getting political what's the biggest um, hindrance to each person's individually finding out their own what their own meaning the biggest hindrance is is the inability to sit quietly and reflect Mm -hmm. or to be still Mm -hmm. or to even ask who am I what do I want why do I exist what's my purpose what am I grateful for the moment you start reflecting, self-inquiry, mm-hmm. then there's a window of opening that reveals bigger truth to you. So we are distracted. Mm-hmm. We are under the hypnosis of social conditioning. We are part of the madhouse that mm-hmm. we call everyday reality, which is totally melodramatic and yeah. full of conflict and rage and hostility and confusion and chaos and then of course we blame somebody else when we are also participants in that that's so interesting so you should realize number one that Mm -hmm. you're in a madhouse (laughs) and secondly that there's a visitor's badge you can pick it up and watch the show I I am going to remember that every single day of my life from now on because I do know what you're talking about. I sometimes will see what's going on around and then take a step back because during this past um, political climate, there was a lot of chaos. Mm -hmm. Still Um, is. Still is. How do you explain that? Um, It's a manifestation of our collective neurosis, our collective unconscious rage, our collective unconscious fears, and the leaders are the the manifestation of our collective consciousness. The only the way that can change is if we actually become the change we want to see in the world. Now that's such a powerful statement, but I think sometimes when people say these things, they stop hearing what they yeah. mean. Yeah. Um, so can you say something to me so that people will hear? Because that is such well, a powerful statement. If you statement. want peace, then you have to be peaceful. Otherwise, you'll be an angry peace activist mm-hmm. and burn down the building, mm-hmm. and that's not being peaceful. So peace can only be created by those who are at peace. Mm-hmm. Love can only be shown by those who have loved. So you basically have to assume, even though you don't believe it in the beginning, that at in every situation... Every situation, every circumstance, every relationship, every encounter, um, 
you're bringing yourself into that situation and your state of consciousness is going to mirror that situation be mirrored in that situation i like that what you're saying is a lot of what's happening now is a reflection of what we're already feeling and yeah. putting out there so yeah, we need we to take ownership what we call normal right now is mm-hmm. the psychopathology mm-hmm. of the average which is a collective psychosis yes <laughs> so what can we do on a day-to-day basis to tap into our own awareness um start with the reflection practice awareness of your body become a spectator to your thoughts practice love com- you know these are called love compassion joy empathy equanimity are called divine attitudes because mm-hmm. they take you to a deeper reality mm-hmm. Sem- spend a little time in meditation love yourself but love those who are around you and mm-hmm. slowly that influence will spread you're some um some of the people have written to me um talked about how you're um a huge inspiration and an advisor of them and especially with meditation and um one of the questions i received i'm sure you get this a lot um we people have tried i myself have tried and sometimes i get those thoughts and they'll start racing and how do you control like what are some tips i i you don't I, I control remiss, yeah. you just observe them and okay. just notice they arise spontaneously and they go away spontaneously uh, just like clouds in the sky or waves on the ocean you are and most of your thoughts are actually are not your own anyway mm-hmm. the the recycling of thoughts in the media and the in the internet and other people's yeah. thoughts mm-hmm. so you say that's not my thought let it go mm-hmm. um but since you brought this up i have an app it's called jayo j i y o .com and i teach meditation every day on that app and yoga and breathing and we have 40 experts mm-hmm. in every area of life love mm-hmm. and relationships and exercise and breathing and meditation and mindfulness and we now have a website on this book you are the universe it's mm-hmm. called discovering your cosmic self mm-hmm. .com and you can engage in conversation with other people who have the same questions mm-hmm. and once you start expanding the conversation everything changes yeah i yeah absolutely because you know even i, I was reading this book and um my other i had another friend who was we had the two copies so we kind of bounced it off of each other and you know when you're reading your book there's a lot of information in there and a lot of times i have to stop and think about the sentence that i've read yeah i go over and over because it means different things to me each time of course because your awareness yeah is different each time yeah and a couple of times i read something for example when i asked you about the tree and 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 the, there was something in there about the observer it doesn't exist unless there's an observer so i'm talking to my friend i'm like well if i see it you're you're in los angeles right now i'm in new york are you looking at a tree Well, I'm looking at a building. How do I know your tree exists or not? So we would have these spirited conversations. By the way, there's no tree. That's the <laughs> concept, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if if you're a baby uh-huh. and you're looking at a tree, mm-hmm. you don't call it a tree. Mm-hmm. All you're experiencing is sensations mm-hmm. and colors and textures and smells. That's t- ask yourself, what would reality be if I did not interpret it? Okay, mm-hmm. what would reality be? It would be you mm-hmm. experiencing yourself as everything. See, that's the most brilliant and simple way to look at everything. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is you observing. 
That's it. Everything. And you're observing yourself mm-hmm. as everything. Absolutely. Um, you know, very few times in your life are you able to sit and talk with someone who authors such a phenomenal and amazing book. Um, what are your kind of goals for this um, this next chapter of this I book? I want to create a conversation in the world around things that are most important. Mm-hmm. And I think those conversations is that conversation can be summarized in one statement. How do we together create a more peaceful, just, sustainable, healthier, happier, joyful world? It's our collective consciousness that can do it. And now we not only have the insight, but we even have the technology to engage in that conversation Mm -hmm. to make a collective world different. You know, we are still kind of very tribal. It's Mm -hmm. like even the kind of nationalism you see in the world, it's tribalism. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is absolutely. absolutely. I never even considered that. And what you're saying is the first step, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you starting with yourself. You have to. Where Mm -hmm. else can you start? Mm Mm-hmm. And not be looking at other people to blame. You know, even even in this crazy political climate right now, everyone likes to blame the media, the president, the da da da. We should start with becoming the change. Yeah. Right. Fascinating. This is a really amazing book. It was very intense, and I have to tell you, I would recommend picking two up so that you can read it and have somebody close to you read it that may not agree with you so the two of you can have spirit because that's what I did. I gave I gave a copy to a friend of mine who we don't necessarily have the same religion, upbringing, or thoughts, but the way we talked about this book once we were reading it was fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, it was fascinating. And thank you for bringing this conversation. Thank you for having me here. Oh, it was a pleasure. It's an honor. And I wish you the best. And it's called You Are the Universe. You can pick it up now. And I, I highly recommend it. It's a great read. Thanks. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.